0: everyone to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, She is a sponsor of College Hockey Talk and will be one of our first College Hockey Talk sponsored athletes and she is also a member of the St. Anselm's women's hockey team, Devin Porzansky. Uh, Welcome to the podcast and how's everything going and thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to come on. Um, I'm doing good. Um, How are you?
0: I'm doing well I'm doing well you know the weather hasn't been the best out here but you know just uh, trying to hopefully for sunnier day, hope for sunnier days for the weekend and enjoyed that but overall it's been all good on my end.
1: That's awesome.
0: Now uh, besides training and uh, obviously school what else have you been up to in the past few months? I know your team didn't really have a season you played one team scrimmage but that was about it so I'm curious what you've been up to uh, for the past few months.
1: Um, so while we were at school, although we weren't able to have a season, um, we were able to still train. So um, we were still on the ice every day, every other day. Um, we were also in the lift room, which was awesome. Um, and it was nice because like we got to bond with the incoming freshmen that we didn't really get to meet. Um, and it was, it was just a great time for our team to bond in general, I think. Um, I got to know a lot more about girls that I didn't know before.
0: Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And just talk about not playing any games this season and uh, how did you try to handle that? And what was your mindset uh, throughout the past year, not playing any games? And what did you try to do to help prepare yourself for next year's college hockey season?
1: Um, So it was rough, uh, especially because, you know, some teams in our league did end up playing and our league did have a season this year. Um, So, you know, it was a little heart crushing. Um, but I think it kind of motivated Motivated my team to work harder. Um, I think it was like, okay, well, we don't have a season, but we still have the opportunity to go out and skate. Um, And that was something that, you know, we were so very thankful for and lucky for. Um, I think we kind of took it as like, okay, this is a great opportunity for us to focus on the little thing in our games to get better. Um, We did a lot of skill sessions and one-on-one skills with coaches um, which was awesome. Uh, we got a new shooting range this year. Um, so we were able to do like a lot of stick handling footwork and shooting. Um, and it definitely has improved our game a lot.
0: Yeah. Just talk about your training. What does that look like so far? And, uh, what are you trying to work on the most, uh, during this off season?
1: Um, so at home in Colorado, I train with Hannah Westbrook. She was actually one of my Naha coaches. Um, And it's really awesome to have a coach that has known me for so long and knows how I play. Um, This season, I made goals to work on my foot quickness um, and my speed. I'm a bigger player. I'm 5'9". I find it harder for bigger players to be faster and keep up with smaller players. No matter if you're a male or a female, it's always something that's difficult. Um, So I made a goal this summer um, with Coach Matthews before she left um, to work on my foot quickness and foot speed. So off the ice, um, I've been working on sprints, um, making sure that my feet are always moving, um, a lot of stops and starts, uh, especially like running wise. Um, and then same goes on the ice, uh, with Hannah Westbrook. I have the opportunity to train with boys and it's really awesome because it helps my speed get up every summer. Um, which also helps me move my feet a lot more. I've noticed, um, boys are very good at continuing to move their feet which also pushes me to be better at that
0: yeah definitely and obviously things are starting to open back up here in the U.S. so has that changed your approach at all during this offseason compared to last year were you a little more uh, limited regarding your training
1: um I don't think it changes my approach I still want to be the best that I can be when I go back to school um for myself and for my teammates but I think it has like approach-wise it's changed a lot or Well, I guess going in, it's changed a lot. Um, You know, I'm able to go to the gym daily now. I go every morning. I'm able to skate every day. Um, It's not, you know, you go in, you you can't see anybody. You can't skate or it can only be one person. Um, It's nice to train with some other college girls here from Colorado um, that I didn't get a chance to last year.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And just talk a little little bit more about – Uh, your off season for a little bit, just what is something you want to improve on the most uh, regarding your game uh, for next season? And how have you tried to work on that area during the off season?
1: So foot quickness is definitely one of them, but I would say another area um, is, I would just say like anticipating the play, like learning to know. Um, Unfortunately, I've only played my freshman year because of last season. So um, I think it's going to be, you know, This year is going to be a struggle at the beginning for me, especially because, um, you know, I only got to play my freshman year, so it's going to be, like, right off the bat again, being a freshman playing-wise, which comes with pros and cons, of course. Um, It's exciting because I feel like I get to really, like, build a name for myself in college hockey, which is awesome. Um, And anticipating the play is definitely a huge part of college hockey – especially in women's um, because you can't hit. So the game is so much faster. Um, You always have to think like five, 10 steps ahead of everybody else.
0: Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, not playing a game in a year and a half, how do you plan to like get rid of that rust uh, when you first start playing actual games? Because it is a difference uh, with practices versus actual game day activities.
1: Um. I can promise you I definitely am going to be a little bit rusty. (laughs) I know that for sure. Um, But I feel like that's anticipated. I feel like everybody's going to have a little rust who didn't play this year or uh, last coming year. And sure, it's going to be rough. But I think if, you know, my team is ready to come back full force, I'm ready to come back full force. So as long as we keep pushing each other in the first couple of practices, I think we're going to be great.
0: Yeah, and uh, I know you didn't play uh, last year, but have have you been watching any college hockey at all? And what's your thoughts on uh, the past seasons with Wisconsin winning the Women's National Championship and uh, UMass winning the Men's National Championship?
1: Um, I have been watching some college hockey this year. Um, I always do. I always find myself watching hockey somehow. Um. I think it's awesome. I think the championship game for Wisconsin and Northeastern was a great game to watch. Um, I was definitely biting my nails for a little bit there. I know some girls on both teams and it was really cool to watch both of uh, the teams participate this year and they both had a great season. Um, I watched the men's championship NCAA game. That was also a very good game. I actually just watched a recap of the game or a replay of the game on the plane coming home from New York a couple of days ago. And I actually got to like sit there and analyze everything that happened. Um, and UMass was so strong and such a good team this year. It was awesome to watch.
0: Yeah. I want to hear a little bit of your analytics of that game. because <laughs> We have a good friend uh, named Jake Goddett. He was the captain of the UMass team. Uh, what's your analytics on him and how'd you think he played
1: during that game? I think he's a pretty big and strong player. He's definitely fast, and he moves the puck great.
0: Yeah, definitely. And another thing I noticed about that UMass team was how good their goaltending was. Philip Bloomberg played excellent, but obviously he had COVID during the Frozen Four game or the semifinal game. And Matt Murray really stepped up, having not played for three months. And it's just really cool to see how good the goaltending is in college hockey it just keeps getting better and better throughout the seasons which is great to see and i think that just helps the sport of hockey grow even more
1: i agree it was crazy um i was watching it and i kind of kept up with umass but not a lot and i remember watching the game and thinking oh my gosh this goalie's so good like Mm -hmm. i've never i haven't seen him play in a while and i was like oh my gosh he's really on it it was awesome
0: yeah, and the defense obviously stuck out to me as well. I know a lot of those guys are left to the NHL, but Zach Jones, uh, Mark Dell guys are really leaning off that blue line as a top pairing defenseman, especially in the power plays. It was just incredible to watch. And that's what I think made that UMass team special was just how good their de- defense
1: was. I agree, especially on power plays. Like it was just like shot after shot. It was awesome to watch
0: yeah definitely and what's your did you get to analyze a little bit of the women's championship i'm sorry i love talking about this stuff no
1: it's okay um i definitely did uh it was awesome to watch i think uh it was it was awesome to watch uh women's wisconsin and northeastern because they're in different leagues than us and they both come from this different leagues also and i feel like with every um women's ncaa league each league plays differently you know The Minnesota teams play more physical. So does Wisconsin. Um, Northeastern has extremely fast players, great goaltending. And I think that they matched up so well together because it was like, oh, my gosh, Wisconsin, you know, would rush the puck down and make a great shot on net. But then Northeastern would come right back. Or Northeastern's defensemen were amazing. And then Wisconsin's defensemen were amazing. The goaltending though was outrageous from both teams. Um it it was awesome because I've I don't think I've ever seen goaltending that good ever. And that's from men's and women's. And I thought it it was probably the best game I'd ever watched.
0: Yeah, I know Aaron Frankel is obviously one of the best goalies um, in the country today, and it's kind of surprising that she didn't make that USA centralization roster for the Olympics. But I think Kennedy Blair really put out a name for herself during that game because I thought she was kind of underrated going into the national championship game, but she really played well and really competed well against a great goaltender like Frankel.
1: I agree. I think her transferring um, from Mercyhurst, she really made a name for herself this year which was awesome to see. I think a lot of girls, when they transfer um, for their senior season or whatever it may be, it's kind of hard to start back up and make a name for yourself at a different school. But I think she did a great job of doing that this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Another thing I noticed about that game was the physicality uh, because there was a lot of body checks going back and forth, and I thought the refs did a good job uh, being very lenient and not calling those. I want to get your thoughts on that as well.
1: Um, so I played – varsity boys high school hockey um here in Colorado and I can definitely say that and like playing boys varsity hockey playing in the JWHL with Naha and playing college now girls hit girls definitely hit we might not have the open ice hits like the boys do um you might get away with it one out of one game um but girls definitely hit and I think that's The awesome thing about, you know, women's college hockey is the physicality is so, it's not, I don't want to say it's super intense, but it's definitely there. And it's awesome because, you know, the refs know that it's there too, but they let us get away with it. And I think it's awesome because it's just proving that girls hit. I mean, I skate with boys all the time and they're they're like, oh my gosh, you can hit really well. And I'm like, we do that in the women's too. Like, it's not, it's not something that, um, only boys do. And I think it brings a huge, a huge different part and perspective to the women's game. Um, I feel like it helps us, you know, think faster, think more on our feet. I think it's awesome.
0: Now what's the biggest check that you've ever thrown uh, during the game? I'm curious to hear that.
1: Um, I, boys high school hockey definitely um I definitely got thrown around a little bit um but I think it was a great experience it made me faster um it showed me and brought out different skills in me that I didn't think I had um but it also told me and taught me how to make open ice hits and that's something I got pretty good at (laughs) because I'm a little bit bigger um I'm not you know, five, six, I'm pretty tall. And even with some of the boys, I'm pretty tall. Um, I've made one huge open ice hit that I will never forget. Um, And the kid was coming down with his head down and I just put my shoulder into him and both benches were cheering. And I think I will never forget that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you ever had a check like that during a girls hockey game or only during our boys um, high school hockey, your boys high school hockey experience?
1: Um, I've definitely seen it in girls. Uh, now you're not always going to get away with it, uh, especially because it's open ice. Um, but I've definitely seen it in girls, for sure.
0: No, it was. Uh, I don't know if you remember the championship game. I think it was towards uh, the end of the first period, and Dara Watts threw out a big check on one of the Northeastern defenders. I don't know if you saw that, but what was your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think that people say that there's no checking in women's hockey there Mm -hmm. definitely is um and like I said those Wisconsin teams and those Minnesota teams they definitely check in their league and I think it's awesome um now you should never go out to check and intentionally hurt somebody but I think it brings a different area to the game it brings different skills um and I I think it it makes us faster. You know, you don't want to get bumped in the boards. You don't want to look silly. So mm-hmm. you're going to skate faster. I I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Right? Like I think it also makes the games easier to call because you don't know uh, what might be a hit and what might not be a hit to call. So I think there's that aspect as well. I agree. So now let's transition a little bit back uh, to your career so far with St. Anselm. So I know you were talking about earlier in the interview, how you got to know the freshmen a little bit. Just talk about this year's freshman class, uh, this upcoming year's freshman class, and how have you guys tried to get to know each other a little bit uh, during this unusual time?
1: Um, So this past year's freshman class, um, it was a little difficult just because a lot of us, like we didn't know when we were gonna go back to school. We didn't know if we were gonna have a season. Um, It was a lot of like wishy-washy things. Um, But I think that really brought us closer together as a team. Like I was saying earlier, um, being able to skate and lift and, you know, it it was awesome because we, sure, we didn't have games, which sucked, but we were still able to be around each other, which was really cool. Um, This year we were put into quarantine quite a lot, um, which kind of stunk. But our team is very big on team bonding and being very close-knit so you know we made sure we played games over zoom in quarantine which is fun we did trivia nights we did yoga on zoom um a lot of different ways just to keep us engaged and keeping it so that we would get to know each other um this year's freshmen, we've had a zoom so far gotten to know them which is awesome um, i'm really excited Uh, To see these girls and meet them. I've heard awesome things about them. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I think it's going to be a great season. And I think we're all eager to go out there, especially the returning players, because we didn't have a season. So I think we're all eager to get out and finally start playing some games.
0: Yeah, and another thing that people might – at least it might be crazy for you to realize is that you're going to be an upperclassman uh, for this upcoming season. So what type of leadership uh, do you want to bring? Are you more of a vocal or lead-by-example type of player?
1: Um, So my team knows I'm very loud. Um, (laughs) I yell a lot. I don't mean to. I'm just a loud person in general. Um, But my leading style, I think, is a little bit of both. Um, I was a captain my senior year at Naha. Um, which was awesome, and I loved it. Um, you know, I feel like by leading um, with your voice, you you can't always show what needs to be doing or needs to be happening or going on. So I think um, also leading by example and doing the things that you need to do plays a huge part And um, leading. I think both are just extremely important qualities to have.
0: And what are some of your goals and expectations uh, for yourself and for your team for uh, the upcoming season?
1: Um, I think for our team, we have a pretty uh, similar goal. We all want to go back and win our uh, league. I think that's a huge thing. Um, we are also NCAA. Um, we have and – I'm not sure if it's a bid or if we have to play to get in, um, but I know that's like a huge thing on everybody's radar. We really want to make a name for our school. We want to prove, you know, we're Division One. We We belong to be here um and I I think it's just a huge thing is that we just all want to come out and really you know show what our team has um personally you know I I just I want to be a good teammate this year and I want to make great plays and I want to set up my teammates
0: yeah definitely and I was going to ask you about that your league the N-E-W-H-A um will now be eligible to make the tournament um and just talk a little bit about what it's like playing in that league uh, for fans that are listening that might not know about it, just the competition you face every day and just talk about what the transition is going to be like for yourself, kind of going to more of a D one schedule because I was talking to some players in your team and I heard that you guys are going to play Northeastern and Maine uh, for this upcoming season, which are two powerhouse schools in the hockey East conference.
1: Yeah. Um, I know we're all very excited about our schedule this year. Um, it's, our league is new, but I wouldn't give our league a pass. Our league – what I like about our league is anybody can be anybody any day. Um, it's not like certain leagues where they have the top dogs and nobody beats them. Um, our league is you need to come ready to play, and that's that. Anybody can be anybody any day. Anybody can have an off day, and I think it really shows in our league. Um, you know, my freshman year in playoffs, L.I.U. beat us in the championship. They're a first-year team. Um, I, that's, like, probably my favorite part about our league is you always have to be on top of your game. Um, our schedule this year is definitely jam-packed, and I'm super excited. We um, had a new coach come in, and she's also very excited um, about our schedule, which is awesome, so...
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You have a whole new coaching staff coming into the team next year. Uh, what was your thoughts on their hiring and how excited are you to be coached by them uh, for this upcoming season?
1: I'm very excited. Um, I'm very thankful for the things that Coach Matthew has done for us um, up to this point. But I'm very excited, um, you know, to start a new season um, and it's, it's going to be awesome. I've heard great things about our coaching staff coming in. So I'm very excited um, to see what we can do this season.
0: So let's transition a little bit and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and work all the way up to where you are now with uh, St. Anselm. So you're from Colorado. Just talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey?
1: So um, I was originally born and raised in Chicago. Um, I played, my family's huge in the Colorado hockey scene out there or Chicago hockey scene out there. Um, I played, uh, boys until I became a U-12. I then went to the Chicago Fury and played for Rob Granato. Um, I then, we moved out to Colorado, um, for my dad's job. I started playing girls hockey. Um out here for a AAA organization, the Colorado Select, which is no longer around. Um, I then moved to the Rocky Mountain Rough Riders, which was a AA girls hockey program when I came in, and we had AAA boys. Um, the next year, uh, when I started high school, we became AAA, um, and then I was then double rostered on my boys' varsity hockey team, and my girls' AAA team, um, which was a lot of fun. I did a lot of traveling. I was exposed to a ton of different things with um, district camp, national camp, uh, tournament teams. It was awesome. Um, and then my junior year, I got picked up by Naha, North American Hockey Academy, and I did my first season there um, and my senior season there.
0: That's awesome. And obviously, being coached by uh, Don Granado, uh, what's it like uh, being coached by uh, one of the Granado family members? Because obviously, Tony Granado is a great coach with Wisconsin, and uh, Cami Granado is just a hockey legend. And I can go on and on about how great of a player she is.
1: Uh, Rob Granado is awesome. He, uh, I'm really good friends. We're still really good friends with the family. Um, they're awesome people, um, amazing. My dad played hockey with them growing up too. Um, they are wonderful hockey people and they are definitely people who still have and play a huge role in my life today.
0: That's pretty cool to be like family members with that legendary hockey family. Oh, what are they like kind of like off camera, I guess, or not coaching?
1: They are the same people. They are amazing people. Um, I played with both of Rob's daughters, um, Allie and Mandy. Um, And Allie actually played at the University of Vermont. Um, uh, Mandy plays golf now at Omaha. They're great girls. I mean, I I can't express to you how amazing the family is. Um, They definitely, they really impacted my hockey life for sure.
0: Now, speaking of the Granado family, uh, who was your favorite player uh, growing up? Or was it someone on the Chicago team or was it another player or maybe a women's hockey player who was on the Olympics?
1: Um, so my favorite NHL player is definitely Andrew Shaw. Mm. Um, I love how small and gritty he is. It's awesome. Um, but my favorite women's ice hockey player is um, probably Kendall Coyne. Um, I remember growing up in the Chicago area at the same time she was playing for the mission and then went to Northeastern. Um, you know, I played for the mission, U10, tiny little little kid just playing hockey. She signed my gloves and I was so excited. Um, I still have those gloves <laughs> that have her signature on it. Um, she's such a great player. She's so fast. Um, I don't think I'll ever be anywhere close to as fast as she is, but she's amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think what's amazing about Kendall Coyne is obviously she's one of the best uh, hockey players of all time. However, I feel like she's going to be remembered for what she's doing now after hockey, working with Chicago, being one of the first female coaches with that organization. I think it's incredible to see, and I hope she continues to rise up the ranks and potentially be the first uh, female head coach in the NHL.
1: I agree. She's She has made such huge steps um, in women's ice hockey for, you know, the younger generation and the generation coming up now. Um, It's awesome to see. It's very exciting.
0: Now, I have to ask you about Andrew Shaw, because one of my favorite players growing up is Brad Marchand. And I know a lot of people uh, don't like me for it, but I think he's (laughs) awesome. You know, he's kind of a smaller guy, but he scores goals. And he uh, makes everyone upset, which is awesome as a Bruins fan to watch. Is that why you kind of gravitate towards uh,
1: him? Because I feel like there's some more players. Yeah, I love Andrew Shaw. Um, I got to meet him the year that they won the Stanley Cup in 2010. Uh, I got to meet all the players, actually, which was amazing and something I'll never forget. Um I love Andrew Shaw because he is so rough and tough, but he's so small, and like you would not expect it out of him. You'd expect him to be more like Patrick Kane, like fast, handsy. You know, can dangle around people with no problem. Um, Andrew Shaw just—he just sticks out to me. Um, I'll never forget the goal that he head butted in. I, I I still laugh about it because I think it's awesome. He's such a ballsy player, and I feel like you don't see it that often anymore. Um, and that's what I really love about him.
0: What was he like when you met him?
1: He was awesome, really down to earth. All all the Chicago Blackhawk players were. Um, they're all really great guys.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to ask you about that because Patrick Kane's one of my all-time favorite players just because, in my opinion, he's the best uh, American-born player of all time. Uh, how cool was it to meet him in person? And did it kind of feel unreal uh, when you saw him?
1: Yeah, so I was 12 when I met them, so, you know, I was a l- I was little, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I still, my mom has, you know, framed photos of me in the house with Patrick Kane and Andrew Shaw and Jonathan Tays, um, and it was awesome to meet players that year because they won the cup, and it was, it, it was like the dream team of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I met – by flew again. Like, I met all these awesome players that don't play box anymore. Um, so, it was definitely like a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
0: Yeah, I know. One of my favorite players from that team was Anti Niemi, the goaltender. I feel like no one gives him enough credit, but I thought he was great during that playoff run. And I like liked watching him play. And I know Corey Crawford kind of took over for him after that championship and won the other two cups. But I, I really liked him a lot.
1: Yeah, he was an awesome goalie. I think another – uh, you know not player who was named a lot was Brian Bickle I think he was awesome
0: Brian Such Campbell a, as well
1: yeah exactly phenomenal players Um, but yeah it was awesome to meet all of them
0: yeah I know we were talking about big hits but Brian Campbell's uh, big hit against I don't know I think it was Richards if I'm not mistaken in that Stanley Cup final was awesome because uh, I had Cam Crowdy on the podcast and he was telling me that that was his favorite player, and I. he told me to watch that hit, and it was pretty incredible to see and how it kind of changed the momentum of that series.
1: Yeah, I agree. I know I know what you're talking about. It was crazy. I,
0: I do like to say that Mike Richards was an incredible player, and it's kind of funny how no one really remembers him now, but back in the day, he was awesome to watch, and I hope he comes back out and does some sort of media thing because I think he was a fun player to watch. And that Flyers team... Even though they broke my heart, they were the first team to make me cry watching the sporting event when they beat the Bruins uh, after they were up 3-0 in the series. They were still a fun team to watch if uh, you are just like a neutral new hockey fan.
1: Yeah, I love a good underdog. That's always my favorite.
0: Yeah, and then the Bruins won it the next year. So, uh, I <laughs> so it's to... okay.
1: It makes up for it. Yeah,
0: Well, then 2019, 2013, and then obviously okay. uh, just the heartbreaks <laughs> continuing. I know people don't feel bad. Have for me at all about that but it's it's tough to watch sometimes but i still love my bruins to death so <laughs> i have no complaints against them they're only going to get positive vibes from this podcast i love i love <laughs> the bruins that's my team now okay. before saint anselm you were talking about how you played for naha just how did you get the opportunity to play there i'm curious like what was the story behind that
1: so um i actually attended national camp here before that um so the coaches uh jesse and bill Triscoll had seen me before that. Um, I also knew Hannah Westbrook, who was my coach at Naha. She played a huge role in women's ice hockey here in Colorado. Um, I'd known her basically since I'd moved to Colorado was when I met her. Um, And I remember I was getting ready to leave for a uh, boys varsity ice hockey game. And dad was like, hey, I got an email from Naha. Do you know who that is? And I was like, you want an email from Naha? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, really? And he's like, yeah, they, they want you to come play for them or something. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I knew, you know, two girls, Lauren Spino, Emma Withrich out here, played for them. Um, Lauren Spino goes to LAU, and then goes to Boston University. Um, and I was so excited because I'd always been you know, national camps with them and district camps with them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are you sure they want me, Dad? And he was like, yeah, the email says Devin. And I was like, okay. So um, I always wanted to go to boarding school. Um, I just didn't really know where I wanted to go. Um, I looked at the gunnery um, in Connecticut. But I hadn't really, you know, I, I was still just kind of looking around. I didn't know if I wanted to leave home. It's, it's a big commitment to make at such a young age. Um, and Parker, Colorado is not that big of a town. So I didn't really want to leave any of my friends. Um, so I was, you know, still debating on it. And I had gone to the game that night and Hannah Westberg came up to me and was like, you need to come to Naha. Like, you are going to love it. She went there and then she went to UVM. And she was like, you're going to love Naha. Like, it's the vibe you want. You know, you're going to love the girls there. So I was like, okay, I guess I could go to boarding school. And um, that September, I left to go to school in Stowe, Vermont. And it was the best decision I had ever made.
0: Yeah, and how did that uh, Naha experience help prepare you for college hockey with St. Anselm?
1: Um, It definitely prepared me off and on the ice off the ice, uh, living with 40 other girls, uh, definitely prepares you for a lot. Um, but you know, I made some of my best friends there. Um, I made connections with people that I'll never forget. Um, off ice, we had a very strict routine. You got up at 7am You went to practice then you went to lift. Then you got back, ate lunch, and then you went right off to school. It was not playing, and it was the same thing every day. So you had to be very dedicated to what you were doing. Um, On ice, it definitely helped me. The JWHL is an amazing league. Um, The size and the speed is amazing. It definitely took me, like, a year to get used to because we would play Canadian teams. And, you know, there's always Canadian teams that stick out that are great. But the JWHL has great teams. And at Naha, we went to awesome tournaments. Um, You know, we played Shattuck my senior year. It was, we played awesome opponents. um, And I learned a lot from going there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And also, I was talking to Kalia Johnson, and she went to Naha back in the day. And she was saying, like, when she went to Boston College her freshman year, there was not a lot of adjustments she had to make being a student athlete, because at Naha, you know, you play hockey in the morning, then you do school in the afternoon, so you kind of get used to what it's like being a student athlete in college, so once you get to college, it's like, I already know what this is like, I don't even really need to adjust, so I think, and that's what, that's what I've been learning a lot from talking to other players who go to Naha, go to Selects Academy, all these other type of boarding schools, how it really prepares them, Uh, being a student athlete in college once they get there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the top boarding schools for girls like Naha Shattuck select they all really have it down they know um, being great friends with the college coaches they know exactly how schedules need to run and they know what they need to do to make their players better to get them to those schools and they know how to prepare them um, essentially for the college aspect and the hockey aspect when they get there
0: absolutely now thinking back to your Naha experience what's the best memory you've ever had whether it's on or off the ice
1: Um, okay. I have two off the ice. We had, we went to a small gym. Um, this was before Naha moved to Massachusetts. They're now in Massachusetts, but they were in Stowe, Vermont before, um, we went to a small gym and we had a trainer who did weights with us. And then we had one who did a spin class with us every Tuesday and Thursday. And I can never find a better spin class than what that instructor did with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I think I fell in love with spring classes after that. Um, she was such a great off-ice um, and conditioning coach. Um, and then on ice, I would definitely have to say winning our league my junior year. Um, we won it in Detroit, Michigan, and we drove all the way from Vermont to Detroit, which was definitely a long drive, um, but it was so worth it. Um, it winning your league is, it's such a big deal for Naha, um, especially when I went there, because we didn't, we only went to Naha till March. Um, so you didn't go to nationals. Um, the, the end goal was to win our league. And, you know, being able to do that was amazing. Um, and it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah,
0: definitely. And it must have been a nice bus ride to come back from Detroit to Vermont, because if you lost that game, that would have been like the longest bus ride you've ever had.
1: Exactly.
0: What music was playing during that? I'm curious. Was it just like straight up like the song was just vibing or was it more like just a lot of chatter?
1: Um, It was like everybody was just so excited everybody was like, Oh my gosh, we want our league. Cause it's, it's a really big deal at Naha. Um, you want to carry on the legacy um, and the tradition that the girls before you passed down. And so it was just like a lot of giggles and excitement on the bus.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now let's take, take me back to your recruitment process. What was that like for yourself? And what made you want to go to St. Anselm uh, versus other schools that might've been recruiting you at the time?
1: Um, so Naha is amazing at pushing girls Division One and Division Three and making sure that we get a place to play in college. Um, I think I was one of the last girls to commit in my grade um, at St. Anselm, um, and I was between a couple of schools. I knew I wanted to go to a smaller school. Um, I just like hadn't like I had it narrowed down between like three schools, and I was like, okay, like what, what do I what do I want to study? What do I want to do? Um, you know, how do I vibe with the coaches? How do I vibe with the girls that go there? Um, and the team in general, um, I got a call from coach Matthews going in. It was the year going into my senior year. It was like that summer. I met her at a camp. Um, and she had me come on an overnight visit. And as soon, literally, as soon as we drove onto campus, my other teammate was with me, who also goes there, Kenny Cooper. Um, as soon as we drove onto campus, I was like, holy crap, this campus is so pretty. Like, you think about New Hampshire, and, like, I'm like, uh, I don't want to go to school in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Like, there's not much there. And I drove onto campus, and I was like, holy crap, it's so pretty. And we went in the fall, so we got to see all the leaves changing, and St. Anselm is on the hilltop and we're quote unquote the hilltop school. Um, and it was absolutely gorgeous. So I was like, okay, this school is really pretty. Like, what else does it have for me? So, uh, we pulled up to the rink and I was like, no way. Is this their rink? It's so nice. Um, we have a giant scoreboard in the middle. We, it's one of the nicest college hockey rinks I think I've ever seen. It's beautiful. Um, And I was like, oh, my gosh, this school is so nice. And so I called my dad the next day after my overnight because we were going back to the hotel after that because we had a tournament in Massachusetts. I called my dad and I was like, hey, so I think you and mom are going to have to fly out here. Like, I think I know where I want to go to college. My dad was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I think you're going to have to fly out here now so I can go and commit. And Um, Coach Matthews is awesome you know she let me take my time my biggest thing was I wanted my parents to see the school also um, especially because I live so far away Um, I wanted them to know that I was safe um, and I was going to a great school Um, so they came on campus and I remember sitting in the office with my dad and Coach Matthews and you know she was asking me how I like the school and I go so I think I want to commit now and she was like really? Are you sure? Like, I'm not pressuring you into this. And I was like, Nope, I'm going to commit now. And she was like, okay. And right then and there, I did it.
0: And that's it. Now, uh, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college? Uh, I know we talked about how you kind of had a pretty seamless adjustment from your Naha experience to St. Anselm, but uh, was there anything that stood out to you playing your first few college hockey games on what you had to adjust to the most?
1: Um, I think the hardest thing for me to adjust, and Coach Matthews knows this because knows this, I struggled with it a lot my freshman year. Um, I would come from class, and my brain would be so fried because I would sit through lecture after lecture, and I'd be like, okay, it's time to dial in now for hockey. Where's that energy?
0: <laughs> and
1: it took me, you know, the first month or so, the first month that I came in my freshman year, I actually had a broken foot. So I wasn't skating, I wasn't lifting, I wasn't doing anything. So I got away with, you know, being tired at practice. And then when it came to skating and coming from class, you know, I would jump on 10 minutes late because, you know, academics come before hockey. It's very important. And I would be like, oh my gosh, my brain is fried. I can't, I can't even remember the drill. She just drew on the board five minutes ago. Like, how am I going to do this? Um, so I definitely had to learn how to take time out of my day while I'm getting ready to focus in and zone in and be like, okay, school happened 10 minutes ago. I just got out of class, but now it's time to focus on hockey and let's think about the great practice you're going to have today. You know, what are you gonna focus on this practice? Is it gonna be scoring? Is it gonna be, you know, body language? Is it gonna be all of this? And I think that was a big adjustment I had to make because at Naha we had so much time in the morning. I could sit there at breakfast and be like, okay, so this is what I want to work on in practice. Um, this is how I want it to go. Where in college you, you don't get that time, um, and so that was definitely an adjustment. But I I got to it. Eventually. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's all that matters. Now, during your freshman year, you mentioned this uh, earlier on in the interview, but you lost to LIU in the NEWHA championship game. Uh, What did you take away from that game overall, and how did you just evaluate your first year in college hockey with St. Anselm?
1: So I think the thing that I learned the most that season, especially in the championship game, um, was that you, in order to win – hockey game especially in college hockey you have to play all three periods and it has to be all three it can't be two and a half can't be one period you know we score six goals and then we get away with it because that other team can come back out and throw the kitchen sink at you and then oh crap what are we gonna do now um I think that was a big thing that I learned um my freshman year where like I feel like you know in high school you can get away with okay I played two great periods. What am I gonna do now? Um, college hockey—you can't do that. You have to play all three periods to your fullest potential, and you cannot underestimate anybody at all.
0: And overall, just talk about your uh, Saint Anselm experience, and for all the people that are listening to this episode, just talk about why it's such a good school and what why you love being a student athlete there, and just talk about like what your whole experience overall—like how would you evaluate it, I guess.
1: Um, I think this year I got a little bit more of the student side than I did athlete side compared to my freshman year. Um, And I love it. Um, I love the small school atmosphere. Um, It's not a big school. We have, you know, 2,500 kids, I think maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Um, We are ran by monks. We are a private Catholic college. Um, Benedictine monks run our school. That's um, cool. It's actually very cool. And mm-hmm. um Are they ball, visited...
0: or am I just yes. like stuff in the mood? Oh, that's kind of sick, actually.
1: Yes. Um, it's really cool because you know, you get to go into a monastery. Um, the abbot comes in and he blesses us and allows us to come in. We learn about a, a lot about the monastery. We actually have monks that come to our game. They love ice hockey. <laughs> um, they love going to all sports. Um, and it's awesome to see them in their sunglasses and Birkenstocks. Um you know, watching the games. Um, I think that was one thing that like shocked my parents <laughs> when they came out for family weekend and watched our games. Um, but I love our school because we're so academically focused. Um, I'm a politics major, and we have and hold the uh, Democratic debates every four years at our school, which is awesome. So you get to meet the candidates, you get to you get to see it up front and personal, um, which makes the experience so much more awesome and it's in our rank too which is even cooler you know cuz they're seeing my home um but our school is small and i love how everybody knows everybody um you know professors will show up to your games monks will show up to your games the community um outside of our school loves the students there you know you'll look at the facebook page and the people around are always talking about how awesome and great the students are that go to our school and how you know we're so helpful towards the community we're so close with community um, because of our church being on campus it's it's really something awesome um and like you don't have to be religious to go there like i i don't go to church every sunday but it's awesome to make these relationships with the monks um because they it's their permanent home and i think that's really cool and I wanted to go to a school that had something a little more than hockey. And our school definitely has a little more character than just hockey. You know, we have the academics, we have the community part. So it's really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I go to a public university, so never going to see a monk in my college days. But, you know, it's all good. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment. We're asking some non-hockey questions. Now, one thing I'm trying to introduce to the podcast is fan questions. So the first fan question comes from Blue Fancy. And her first question is, uh, well, how does your lifestyle change from being in Colorado versus being in the East Coast? Because apparently there's like a difference, as uh, she told me.
1: There is. Um, blue's right. <laughs> um, so here in Colorado, the atmosphere um, and like the elevation play a huge part in my training. Um, you know, I... I'm, so, I'm in such better shape when I come back to school because it's so hard to breathe here um, because we're way above sea level where when I come back to school, it's so easy to breathe and I feel like I'm in great shape uh, because we're at sea level. Um, it's definitely different living in Colorado and switching coasts. Um, I noticed that when I went out to Naha. There's a lot of words that I don't understand that East Coast people say um wicked I I don't get it I try very hard um there's a lot of foods you guys eat that I don't get
0: um what do we eat
1: I don't like just just like you guys like I don't know how to explain it but like I'm trying to think like something out here that's huge like is barbecue you guys like have barbecue places but they're not like everywhere in Colorado they're on like every corner your guys's is like seafood because you're by the sea which makes sense
0: well seafood i'm not a seafood guy believe it or not from the east coast i would prefer a barbecue dinner over a seafood dinner oh you're the opposite i
1: love seafood
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: i think Um, maybe because
0: we live in different coasts we're not used to it maybe that could be it i don't know
1: probably another thing is like Like, you guys driving, you guys are crazy drivers. We're the best drivers.
0: I complain (laughs) about it of all time. I say it's my biggest pet peeve, bad drivers. However, Massachusetts statistically has the best drivers in the country. It's It's the hardest state to get a driver's license in. That's a fact. It's
1: so crazy, (laughs) like you guys like I'll go like five miles speed and I'll be like okay I'm going pretty fast like I should probably slow down somebody <laughs> will blow by me and I'm like oh my
0: gosh yeah or, like
1: the lingo with the roads like rotary I say roundabout like it's, it's so yeah oh. it's so funky
0: yeah, well, driving here is definitely different, but I think it, it helps you become a better driver because once you go back to Colorado, you know, like how to make quick turns, you know how to do <laughs> yes. bad drivers. And I think that's an important skill for people to learn in the roads here, especially like, I don't know if it's just in Massachusetts or New Hampshire, maybe town rule, but we can't uh, pave the roads until a certain time in the winter. So just the potholes are just like every winter. So
1: <laughs> we don't have that, but I have noticed that you guys have no street lights. So I oh, always really? feel so blind, like in my neighborhood and even on normal streets. It's like streetlight after streetlight after streetlight. Yeah, like I the live whole right next to DC. a streetlight,
0: which is kind of funny. So I'm you next...
1: <laughs> nobody has streetlights when I drive out by school and I turn my, my, you know, high beams all the way yeah. on because I feel I can't see anything.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, definitely some uh, changes. But, you know, it is what it is. So, I want to ask you a little bit about some of your teammates. Um, you obviously have the best style on the team. Uh, you and, <laughs> but besides yourself, um, who is the best dressed on St. Anselm's World's Hockey?
1: You know what? I'm going to have to either give it to Blue Fancy or Maddie <laughs> McCaffrey. Um, I would give them style points. I would take one away from Maddie because she's Maddie. Um, <laughs> but I would probably give it to one of them.
0: Who's the funniest on the team?
1: Oh boy, the funniest. Um, I would probably say unfortunately Blue Fancy or Aaron Myers.
0: She she did not say herself, she said Aaron Myers. So that's what I, I am saying.
1: surprised.
0: <laughs> um, biggest pet peeve.
1: Uh when people chew with their mouth open or talk with food in their mouth, I can't stand it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I can agree with you on that. I think mine is bad drivers or people who don't cover their mouths uh, when they sneeze, uh, especially. Oh, that's now. the
1: worst.
0: Um, especially now. Uh, it's like, what are you doing? I don't want s- to
1: <laughs> I don't want to
0: get shut down for another year and a half. So please cover your yeah, mouth. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, final mountain hockey question to you is if there was a movie you made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself and why? Okay. Um, it would
1: definitely be Scarlett Johansson. Um, I watched Black Widow last night, and it doesn't seem like I'm a huge Marvel and Star Wars nerd, but I love them so much. Um, I would pick Scarlett Johansson because she's just a badass in general, Mm -hmm. Um, and she always plays characters in movies that are, like, sick. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, For myself, I I usually say the same answer, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. So I'm a big Parks and Recs fan. So I feel like Rob Lowe would be a cool person to play me. He that's his, a
1: good one.
0: He has his own podcast. Um, he's in great shape for um, being a middle-aged person. Like I think he has a six-pack, <laughs> which is awesome. I hope to have a six-pack when I'm in that age as well. So that'll be a cool, uh, cool, I guess, actor to play me. So I, even though he look nothing like, I think it'll be awesome. So <laughs> I Rob, think that's a good listening. answer. So Rob, if you're listening, you're my guy so back to some hockey questions now uh, my first question you is i asked this to everyone is what advice would you give a younger player who's trying to pursue a division one college hockey scholarship or division three college hockey scholarship i should put that in uh, more often in those questions
1: um i would definitely say i don't think there's any difference in training when it comes to being a division one or division three athlete you still put in the same amount of work you still put in the same amount of time in, of training um, you know, there's division three schools out there that can be division one with no problem. Um, and I think that just shows, goes to show how cool, um, playing a college sport is, but I would tell them, you know, keep pushing, keep working. Um, no matter where you're from, it's definitely harder from some places than others, but, you know, keep pushing and eventually those people are going to find you and it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I heard someone say this, I don't know who it was, but they're saying one time they told a kid that you're definitely good enough to be a division three athlete. And they took it like it was an insult. And he was so surprised by it because like, that's a compliment. Like there's so many hockey players that can't even be a division three athlete. So for anyone who's listening, it's a huge honor and huge accomplishment to make it to division three. So don't think it as like it's an insult or anything, which is disappointing that some players feel that way.
1: I agree. I mean, if you look at the NWHL right now, more than half the players are coming from Division Three, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what division you play. If you're good, you're good. It, Like I said, it, it doesn't – any team can be any team.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
1: matter whether you have that three or that one next to your name. Um, a good player is a good player.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but my f- final question to you is – uh, you are an officially a uh, sponsored athlete with College Hockey Talk. Uh, what are your thoughts on that news and uh, your overall thoughts of being part of our College Hockey Talk team and being a contributor with us uh, for social media? And obviously we're working on merchandise right now as
1: well. I think it's super exciting and I'm very grateful. Um, I'm excited because I feel like this podcast helps shows college hockey players in a different light um, you know, you ask us great questions, and I think it's fun that, you know, we get to goof around and be silly on a podcast and not have to be so serious all the time. Because mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of kids from my school are always like, you hockey players are so serious. And I'm like, no, we're not. We love to have fun, you know. Um, I'm so excited because this also gets a chance, you know, to show uh, other hockey players, whether you're male or female, what's out there for you um you get to interview all these amazing hockey players from different schools and each person has a different background they all come from different areas and I feel like if I'm able to represent this podcast and show somebody else oh hey like you come from Colorado I come from Colorado too like this is how I did it like you can definitely do it too Mm -hmm. so I think that's something that's really awesome
0: well, I'm very excited to work with you, Devin, and this is not going to be the last time we hear your voice on the show. Uh, she'll be uh, making guest appearances throughout the season, so I'm excited about that. I think you got a little taste of it from our conversation about the championship games. Uh, but do you have any shout-outs before we let you go, just uh, to any of your friends, family members, or teammates?
1: Yeah, I definitely got a shout-out my family, um, especially my mom um, and dad, they're definitely my biggest supporters and they've been with me and picked up the tab for every time I played hockey, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a, a fat tab. Um, and you know, shout out to my college teammates because they're amazing people and I would be nowhere without them today. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Devin, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, You're an amazing person and I just want to let you know that obviously you're a great hockey player, but you're an amazing person, so kind, so nice, and that means a lot to me. So I just want to let you know that and thank you so much for taking time on your day and talking with me. It really means a lot and I can't wait to work with you, like I said before, uh, throughout the upcoming season. It's going to be a lot
1: of fun. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me and I'm also very excited.
0: Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care everyone and have a great day. Bye. Hey,
1: like me I love when you like that. Boy, can't you talk to me? It's what I want the most in my life. They say you're out of my league, but I don't give a damn. No. I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in uh oh, oh, oh You wanna fall in love you can-